3rd John, if you have your Bibles, 3rd John, we'll start with verse 11 and work backwards. And uh, sure appreciate you coming out tonight. A lot of churches are going to no service on Sunday. People seem to get be getting more and more exhausted. Everywhere you go, people say, I'm tired. Total strangers come up to you, I'm tired. Everybody's tired. Third John 11. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love, your mercy for the opportunity to be here with our friends tonight. Lord, we do pray you'd come in the midst of us, and Lord, we give you glory and ask you to glorify yourself to each person. Open the, open the word, feed us, and uh, Lord, uh, transform us by the power of the Holy Spirit. If there's one lost, we pray you'd save them. One brokenhearted, we pray you'd bind up the broken heart. And Lord, lead us uh, as we preach. Loose my stammering tongue and illuminate my mind. Give me liberty. And Lord, we'll praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll look at some lessons from the life of Gaius and the life of Diotrephes, the two. There's actually three characters in this book, but we'll look at these two. They're uh, opposing forces, amen. One is evil, one is good. One is saved, one is lost. And the Bible, we just read the verse, follow the one that is saved. Don't follow the evil, but follow the good. And uh, we'll look at the good man and see how to have a church well-pleasing. A church well-pleasing. Number one, Gaius was a consoler. In verse three, <clears throat> verse 1, it says, The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius. Now, you can't get well-beloved unless you sow a little love. If you sow hatred all the time, everybody's going to hate you. Why is that? It, 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 it sort of floors me with people that are really hateful and write articles and lash out against everybody. <clears throat> then somebody lashes out against them and they'll lick their wounds. Why, is, why are they doing that to me? <clears throat> well, you know, you reap what you sow. And you reap more than you sow. Uh, Hebrews 3.13 says, But exhort... One another. That means to cheer one on, encourage one on their journey, exhort one another while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Cheer one another on. He was a he was an encourager. He was a consoler. I love that verse. It uh, tells us how to be like Christ. In in uh, Philippians two, it says. If there be therefore any consolation, that's consoling, amen? Consolation, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy, be like-minded. Be ye like-minded, have this mind in you. And uh, we can be like Gaius and encourage each other. The, the tongue is like a hammer. Now, I can't build a whole lot of things with a hammer, Amen. 
But I could take a hammer and start with the windows in here and start tearing this whole place up. I could tear this church down and do a great job of it. doesn't take any talent to tear a church or building down, but it takes great skill to build a building. And the same is our church. We have to build the church up with skillfulness. Amen. And watch our tongue. I love sarcasm. I am the, I'm the king of sarcasm. It's the funniest humor there is, but it's the most offensive. And I have to really watch, I have to bite, watch my t- tongue everywhere I go. It just wants to flop. Amen. We have to be skillful with our tongue. He was a consoler. And uh, Diotrephes was a controller. Verse 10. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doth. Prating. Notice that word prating against us with malicious words and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbiddeth them that would and casteth them out of the church. Notice the word prating. He's prating against him with malicious words. I was looking up that word prating and the synonym, one of the synonyms for prating is Twitter. And I told that to a friend of mine. I said, I told that to a friend of mine. He said, well, I've always heard it said, tweet others the way you want to be tweeted. (laughs) And somebody said a kick, uh, I mean a pat on the back. A pat on the back, though only a few vertebrae removed from a kick in the pants, (laughs) is miles ahead in results. So right before you're about to drop kick somebody through the goal post of life, stop and think, how could I say this to encourage them on their journey? Amen? Amen. And uh, one was a consoler, one was a controller. Diotrephes stole God's glory. In verse 9, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes who loveth To have the preeminence. That means supremacy. He was making himself God. He loveth to have the preeminence among them. Receiveth us not. He was stealing God's glory. It reminds me of King Herod who was killing God's children and God's apostles. He got one and then he was about to kill Peter. But it wasn't Peter's time to go. And he sent an angel and loosed Peter. And... uh, Peter walks out of the prison, walks out of the prison, free. And they can't understand what happened to Peter, and they killed, uh, Herod had all the guards killed, but there was an angel that loosed him from that that place. And uh, King Herod goes on to another country, and he gives a speech. And they said, it's the voice of a God, and he gave not God the glory And immediately an angel smote him and he was eaten of worms. When he gave not God the glory, he was eaten of worms. They say we have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of parasites in our body. And all God has to do is say, sick them. Amen? And we are eaten of worms. Uh, He gave not God the glory. There was a 
back in the winter there was there was a uh, city, a little town not far from us, and they said the ice would not melt from the main street, and they could not get the ice to melt after an ice storm. And the uh, when they said that, I thought the the buildings are too tall for the sun to get in to the street and do its job. And if we're too tall, if there's too much of me, too much of me, the Son cannot get in to do His job. Amen? We have to get out of the way and give Him the glory. They said that uh, Johann Sebastian Bach wrote the great gospel music back in the, I guess it was the 1600s, 1700s, and he would start every song, every time he was composing a song, he would write two letters on the top of that sheet, which, which stood for, Jesus, help me. And at the end of the composition, he would write three letters, which meant in English, to God be the glory. He wanted God to have all the glory. Amen? Uh, Diotrephes stole God's glory. But Gaius gave God glory. It's funny how if, you, if we live our life to give God glory, just the, just the right motive, and say, Lord, I want to do something for you, whether it's pass out a track or teach a Sunday school class or preach a message, God takes that feeble effort and it just keeps going and going and going around the world. When we do something for the glory of God, God takes it. We had a bunch of CDs in our car and we were cleaning out our car about to, to uh, go on a trip and we, our, our house was full of CDs and our drawer that we keep them in was full and we were trying to get our car cleaned out and we both, I guess we got a little lazy and we thought we were on the way to the trash dump. In the country you don't have trash pickup, you have to go to the dump yourself. And there's a lady that works there, they call her the trash warden. And she comes out there when you drive up and starts fussing at you. You can't put that in jail. you got to put it over there. <laughs> and so one man, one, one man says, when the trash warden's working, I'll wait till the next day and go. <laughs> and we went and she was working. We came out with a handful of CDs. She ran up, what is that? Uh, preaching CDs? Who is that? Where is he from? That's where I'm from. Give them here. She took them. That preacher missed the garbage dump by six seconds. <laughs> she took those, and then she started telling us how her son was shot and left an invalid. And uh, she takes care of her son. She had a heavy, heavy burden. But uh, that, that preacher's feeble attempt just keeps going on and on and on. Amen? One time we went to, uh, we were in Thomasville, Georgia. And this one of the men in the church, we were doing a, a revival at night, and he said, I want to go, want you and the pastor to go with me to Montgomery to the hospital. It's about a two and a half, three hour ride. And he was burdened as could be for his friend's mother who was at the point of death. So we went, and uh, when we got there, we waited and waited, but she was in some type of uh, procedure, and we were not going to get to see her. We had driven three hours, and he was so broken hearted. And he I just, you could tell he just had such a burden for this lady. And he was looking at us like, y'all don't even care. 
Y'all are supposed to be the preachers and y'all don't even care. He never said it, but you could feel it. He was so brokenhearted. One of us went over and put a track on the table beside her bed, her hospital bed, and we left. A couple of weeks later, the, pra- the pastor called back and said, Hey, you remember that, that uh, trip to the hospital? And uh, we left that track on the table. That, uh, that lady's husband came in and read it and got saved. And then he took the track and read it to his wife, and she got saved. And then the son read it, and he got saved. All that from just a little feeble effort to glorify the Lord. Just a little feeble effort. He lived for God's glory. We really have to pray. It's so, so, such a thin line. Sometimes you can't even tell when you're living for your glory and His glory. It's one of prayer that I pray often. As singers, you have to really check your motive. Is this for me, my glory, or His glory? Amen? One lived for God's glory. One lived for His own glory. He stole God's glory. Then Gaius was a, a consistently walking in truth. Verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. There's seven hidden truths in this book. You say, how do you find them? Every time you see the word true or truth, underlined it. And you found them. That was a joke. (laughs) But it is true. He lived for to walk consistently in the truth. It's one thing to read the Bible. We really need to read our Bible and saturate ourselves, but it's another thing to walk and do what it says. Amen? It's a, it's a task that only the Spirit of God can help us with. Only through prayer and being filled with the Spirit can we walk in truth. But Diotrephes was contentious against the truth. I love to read, about, read F. W. Borum's books. And he said one day he picked up a book and he said it was about not fighting over doctrine, fighting the brethren over doctrine. And he threw that book down. He didn't want to hear it. So he picked up another one, and it said, avoid controversy and fighting with the brethren over doctrine. And he, he said, I didn't want to hear that. And he picked up another book, and it said, when you, when you fight each other, people take sides and they, they form Prejudice. They don't even know what you're fighting about, but they'll take sides and, and, and they'll form prejudice. And uh, when, you, when you fight, you lose grace. And when you lose grace, you fall. He said he didn't want to hear that. So he threw that book down and he said, I'll just get a novel and I'll go to the woods and get some rest and, and just relax with this novel. And he said he picked up the novel and got to the woods and he was on the same subject. And he said, I won't tell you how I spent the rest of that day, but I, from that day to this, I haven't fought with the brethren. One day a friend of mine, he was called to preach, and he, at 27 he was a policeman, and he got, called, got saved, got called to preach, and he went to Bible college, and they were in Bible, in, in one of the, the classes in the chapel, and one preacher sitting in the pew, the students, one of them said, TV is a wicked sin. And the one behind him said, oh no, it's not. I was saved watching TV. 
Oh, yes, it is. Oh, no, it's not. One came over the pew and they were wrestling and rolling in the floor in Bible doctrine class. And he said, I'm going back to police work. The criminals have more sense than this. You say, well, when I heard that, I was studying this and I thought the verse came earnestly contend for the faith. I thought, what does that mean, earnestly contend? It does not mean furiously fighting. It doesn't mean wrestling in the floor with your enemy or your opposing doctrine. It means to keep preaching the truth and be patient when uh, as the apostles gave the, illust- the example, as they were being attacked, they just kept doing what was right, kept preaching Jesus, kept preaching Jesus, and people began to get saved. But they didn't get in a boxing match. Amen. Earnestly contend means to keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Keep preaching the truth. Keep selling the gospel. A friend of ours was a... He was a... Uh, representative for Fuji Films. He was a businessman and he went to the hospitals and sold the film. I guess they do that was in a different era. A different century maybe. <laughs> but he he said if they didn't if they weren't buying, he remained friendly and left a gift and left his card. He'd always leave a gift, leave a card and remain friendly. That was the way he dealt and said sometimes 3 years later they would come by. Uh, they would they would say we need your product three four years later, but he did it by just continuing to sell his product and be friendly. And he said one day, a lot of times this is how he got some some good customers. He would go early in the morning to the donut shop and get dozens of donuts when they were hot and dripping with sugar. Does that make anybody hungry? Make anybody go into a diabetic coma. They're dripping with sugar and he takes them and he slips into the break room at the hospitals and he put his card on top of that box of hot donuts. And it wasn't long till everybody was eating those donuts saying, who's Bill? I don't know, but we love Bill. <laughs> we love Bill. He brings us donuts. One day he said, I found this nasty box of old donuts. They'd gotten hard and stale. And somehow he'd missed them and left them in his car. And so he said, I know what I'll do. He slipped into the break room when there was nobody looking. And he put his competitor's card on top of it. (laughs) Now that's earnestly contending for the faith. (laughs) Earnestly contend for the faith. One was contentious against the truth. One was consistently walking in the truth. Amen. Gaius helped missionaries. On their journey, verse 6, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. He was helping the missionaries on their journey. We've got a friend that. He's a pastor in a, in a county over in West Georgia, and he manages seven express oil stores. And there's one of the stores that he, he takes specially, and he helps. Uh, he has such a burden for missionaries and evangelists, he does their mechanic work free and does their oil changes free. And somebody said, how can you do that? He said, that one store has 
grossed $2.5 million that year from helping others. Amen. He helped others on their journey. Uh, Diotrephes hindered the missionary. He, didn't, he could care less about the gospel, getting the gospel to the world. Gaius was faithful. Gaius was faithful. What is well-pleasing to the Lord? Faithfulness. Verse 5, Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. Nobody wants a, an unfaithful spouse, friend, or preacher, or employee. Nobody wants somebody that's unfaithful. Amen? I'll read this story over in Matthew 25, 19. I'll just read a couple of verses. But uh, Jesus tells the story of a man. He's a householder and he's a great wealthy man and he's going on a long journey and he calls his servants to him and he gives one five pieces of money, one ten pieces of money and one, he knew his character, he only trusted him with one piece of money. And... uh, after a long time, he returns to see what they have gained by trading. Matthew twenty-five nineteen. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Now just listen to what Jesus said to this servant. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. He didn't say, Well done, thou good and famous servant. Well done, thou good and flashy servant. Well done, thou good and fighting servant. He said, Well done, thou good and Faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in to the joy of thy Lord. Faithfulness is what God is looking for. I think sometimes we think, well, I'm not successful unless I have a big church or I, I, I have a TV program or a radio program or I'm famous. We get all those things running through our head. But God said, Faithfulness. Just be faithful. That's the test. And then comes the blessings. When we get to heaven, He's going to make us ruler over many things. Brother Philip might be the governor of Georgia. (laughs) Amen. Or the president of the United States. That's when He's going to shine. He's going to shine because He's been faithful. You've been faithful to teach that Sunday school class or faithful to clean the church are faithful to help others, faithful to go to the nursing home. Little things, God's looking for faithfulness. Faithfulness. We had a pastor friend that we loved dearly, and he just, I guess he went middle-aged crazy or something. He left his wife, then uh, married a couple of more times after that, and is, it just devastated his children. We think we're devastated when a pastor uh, goes bad goes left or whatever it devastates us think about a children that have been taught all their life one thing and their dad does 
something the total opposite. It just devastated and crushed the children. They had to go to counseling. And uh, one day now the, the son of that pastor is, is a pastor. One day I was there at his church. And one of his sisters said, wrote us a note and said, Thank you for being a friend to my siblings and I, to my family. And she said, if you ever think about quitting, and in big, huge words, big, huge letters, don't. She said, I don't think I can take another disappointment. And those huge letters are printed in my brain. Everything, every time I get tired and I think, what if I can't go on? What if I don't have enough energy? Those big, huge letters come up in my brain, don't quit. Be faithful. Don't quit. Be faithful. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your love, Your mercy. Pray You would help us, Lord, in all these things to be a consoler, a comforter. Help us to be faithful. Help us, Father, to be a blessing to others. Help the cause of Christ to walk in truth. Earnestly contend for the truth. And Lord, bless every listener. Encourage them to go on. Be faithful in Jesus' name. Amen.